0: Good morning Grove Christian Fellowship. This is Pastor Steve Lewis and I want to thank you for the opportunity of sharing with you a few thoughts that are on my heart and mind this morning. More importantly, what is on the heart and mind of Christ. If you have your Bibles, um, maybe even a notepad, because we're going to be looking at several passages of scripture this morning with the idea that um, we are in some very strategic times. And um, I think that we would all agree by looking at the current events of the virus that has, that has um, ravaged the lives of so many people the economics, the unemployment, the pending election, um, we are all having to carefully consider what kinds of um, lifestyle and things that we're going to be focusing on, how to to be wise and faithful in our Christian walk. The last couple of weeks I shared with you uh, portions from the book of Hebrews. And just real quickly, let me just say that uh, the book of Hebrews is really a recapitulation of the Old Testament uh, economy and way of life for those new believers in Jerusalem there. We considered the possibility of these new Christians having come from not only the public ministry of Jesus, but even possibly they were converts on the day of Pentecost when Peter stood and preached and 3,000 were added to the church. But over the years, things have begun to happen. People have begun to drift and lose their concentration, the writer of Hebrews is calling them back to consider Jesus. That was the key word of last week's message. But in the book of Hebrews, we are uh, given reminders of the Jewish faith system and the writer of Hebrews refers to the words of shadows and that the Old Testament were, that was full of shadows and types of Christ. These shadows, um, who and what did they represent? And so the writer of Hebrews is going to present the answer to those two questions. The who is Jesus and the what is the new covenant. In the Old Testament, um, the the religious system, um, the Levitical law, the priests, the sacrificial system was incredibly, incredibly important. And we consider from the book of Exodus, uh, when Moses gave the instruction for the people to give, the gold and the silver, the fine linen, the uh, different colors of thread and, and so on, the mixing of the oils with the uh, different fragrances, to create the atmosphere for the sacrificial system and the levitical priesthood and now um, today i'd I'd like for us to consider um, what these shadows were in fact in the old testament Um, the tabernacle you will recall was a tent it was a portable place of worship. Every time the uh, children of Israel would pick up and move to a new location, it was the responsibility of the Levitical priest to carefully um, handle and dismantle and move the different items to the next location and reestablish its um position again. But now we come to um, later years. They're well-established. Israel's well-established in the promised land. David has served as king. He leaves the throne to his son Solomon. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 3 four, and five, we have the recording that Solomon begins to build the temple. We find out that um, it takes Solomon some 20 years to build his palace and all the supporting uh, system that he wanted but it took seven years in particular to build the temple. When we consider the temple in comparison to the tabernacle, um, some have estimated that the temple that Solomon built was twice as big as that of the tabernacle. So in chapters three, four, and five, we have the construction of all these pieces of furniture the temple itself and its dimensions in chapter 6 of second chronicles solomon begins his prayer of dedication of the temple but it's interesting that in verse 22 solomon begins the prayer of repentance communicating his heart with with god That if the people should sin, when they sin, what would be the uh, means of getting back into God's favor? And so Solomon begins in verse 22, this prayer of repentance. And then in chapter 7, we have recorded God's response. And in verse 11, when Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all that he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I've heard your prayer and I've chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people. And this very familiar verse, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open, and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I've chosen and consecrated this temple, so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. I want us to, to recognize that, that this was going to be not only a place of sacrifice, but he wants to hear their prayers. It was going to be a place prayer and you remember that Jesus in his public ministry saw what was happening in the temple and drove the money changers out and he said that you have made this a den of thieves this is a place of prayer and so we, we see in this dedication of the temple by Solomon. His prayer, his thoughts for repentance and coming back into favor with God. And I think that if you and I would summarize the condition of our country today, condition of the world today, we would all agree that we need a prayer of repentance and coming back to God. Not only did God love and choose Israel to be his people, but God wanted Israel to be representatives to the world of this love. God wanted other nations to come to know Him through the lifestyle and ministry and worship that Israel had with Him. For God so loved the world, John says. So it was Israel's responsibility. In the church today, it is our responsibility to be a witness to the world. As they were, so are we in our times. But Solomon, in his wisdom, knew the reality of the people and their uh, propensity, their uh, choice to uh, sometimes set God aside and not consider him. Um, and as as they turned their back on God, they lost their effectiveness as a witness to the world. And again, I would remind you that um, Isaiah in chapter f- 56 Isaiah 56 verse 6 um these outsiders outside of israel would come to know god in a personal way and isaiah records in 56 6 and foreigners who bind themselves to the lord who uh, convert to the lord to minister to him to love the name of the lord and to be his servants All who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it, and who hold fast to my covenant. These I will bring to my holy mountain, and give them joy in my house of prayer. And so Isaiah reminds Israel that his house was to be a house of prayer. He goes on to say their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. And you recognize where Solomon built his temple. It was on what is called today the Temple Mount. And it is a place of prayer for all nations. But I want us to remember that it was a place of prayer for all nations to the one true god it is not a place of prayer for all nations for all gods so we we are reminded in the history of israel they did turn their back on god again and again and again you know our country Over its 200 and some years, um, we started out as a nation that was wholly committed to the Lord, but we have gotten away uh, from acknowledging him as God. And throughout our history, we have had revivals. And I think that this is the thing that is on my heart this morning, is that we today stand in major need of revival, and we hear different ones calling for revival. I don't know if you have noticed on um, especially Fox News, I don't know if other uh, broadcast channels are carrying, but Franklin Graham appears quite often. calling the people to repentance and leading them in prayer right over the TV um, to come to faith in Christ. Well, in the Old Testament days, Jeremiah was one of those prophets who called Israel again and again to repentance, to revival. In fact, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. And in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 10, this is what the Lord Almighty says. To whom can I speak and give warning? Who will listen to me? Israel, their ears are closed so that they cannot hear. The ears of American, their ears are closed and cannot hear. The word of the Lord is offensive to them, and they find no pleasure in it. Going down to verse 13, from the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain, prophets and priests alike, all practice deceit. Verse 14, they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace they say when there is no peace. And a very interesting question in verse 15. Are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? No. They have no shame at all. They don't even know how to blush. Verse 16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Wow. Stubbornness. You know, stubbornness is not a spiritual gift among the church arrogance, oh, they were not willing to listen and to walk in the ways of the Lord. And in verse 17, Jeremiah says, I appointed watchmen over you and said, listen to the sound of the trumpet. But you said, we will not listen. Their ears were were plugged. They had no appetite for the spiritual things of God. When we look and listen to the news reports of cities burning and uh, the streets filled with riots, um, we are in, in desperate need of revival. Jeremiah went on to say in chapter 14, this is the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah concerning the drought. Judah mourns, her cities languish, they wail for the land, and a cry goes up from Jerusalem. The nobles send their servants for water, they go to the cisterns, but find no water they return with their jars unfilled dismayed and despairing wow we we see our leaders in washington the right and the left the conservative the liberal they can't get together and the 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 citizens of our land are languishing with lack of employment, with health issues. We are dismayed and despairing. Verse 4, the ground is cracked because there is no rain in the land. The farmers are dismayed. They cover their heads. Verse 7, although our sins testify against us, do something, Lord for the sake of your name. The arrogance, even though our sins testify against us, there was the audacity for them to say, do something, Lord, for your, the sake of your name. Go on down to verse 10. This is what the Lord says about this people. They greatly love to wander. They do not restrain their feet. So the Lord does not accept them. He will now remember their wickedness and punish them for their sins. Verse 11 Then the Lord said to me, Do not pray for the well being of this people. I will not listen their cry. Go back to verse 10. They greatly love to wander. They do not restrain their feet. When, When God's people, when the church, and this is what we need to remember, going back to the the prayer of Solomon and the dedication of the temple. If my people, if my people, if the church today, if my people recognize their sin and humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven. But in this passage, God's people They greatly love to wander. They do not restrain their feet. And Today, the question for each of us, the church, if we have a heart that wanders, do our feet lead us into mischief? You know, driving down the road, oftentimes we will see uh, the road under construction or in rush hour traffic, we see signs of caution and warning when um, there are mudslides or in our part of the country, ice or snow on the roads. We are given caution and warnings and danger ahead. Well, we are given those same kinds of warnings in Scripture. And in Proverbs 28, verse 9, If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. There is no doubt about the condition that God requires if we deliberately turn a deaf ear to his instructions or putting it in the words of of the book of Hebrews. There is a danger to drift if we don't have a hunger and thirst daily for a word from God. We are putting ourselves at risk for drifting. Proverbs says, if anyone turns a deaf ear to his instruction, even their prayers are detestable. Did you ever think of prayers being detestable to God? I thought that God always wanted to hear our prayers. Well, if we read the scripture, we will find a number of passages that says that he will not listen to the prayers where there is sin going on. Well, thankfully, there have always been a few who have stayed close to the Lord. There's always been a remnant. And in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 11, the scripture says that unless the Lord Almighty had left us some survivors, we would have become like Sodom. We would have become like Gomorrah. How grateful I am that there are still Many in our country, in America, who desire a relationship with God. Thankfully, there are some survivors who love God. But in verse 10, Isaiah 1.10, Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me? says the Lord. I have more than enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my corpse? Verse 13. Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moon, Sabbath, and convocations. I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Verse 14, I hate with all my beings. They have become a burden to me. I'm weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer i hide my eyes from you even when you offer many prayers i'm not listening your hands are full of blood well then verse 16 gives a remedy wash and make yourselves clean Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Listen to verse 17. Learn to do right. Seek justice. And then down into the last part of verse 18. Or verse 18. Come now. Let's settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. God desires repentance. God desires relationship based on His terms, not ours. God desires A relationship of obedience. The question is, who's in control? Am I going to follow God or am I playing the part of God? Who's in control? You know, those of you who are in Celebrate Recovery know that this is the strong question of Celebrate Recovery. Control. We're not in control. Ultimately God is. If you don't believe me, listen to Psalm thirty three verses ten to twelve. The Lord, the Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. Verse eleven But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart stand through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. I want to believe in my heart that in the beginning of our country, our leaders sought for this country to be based upon the Christian Judeo ethic. Again and again, the Bible was to be the most important book. It was even used as a primer, as a reader in elementary school. There has always been a remnant of people to call the nation back to God. Listen to the words of Psalm 66 verse 16 come in here all you who fear god let me tell you of what he has done for me and the testimony is i cried out to him with my mouth his praise was on my tongue very important verse 18 if i had cherished sin in my heart the lord would not have listened again if i had cherished sin in my heart the lord would not have listened but god surely but god has surely listened and heard my prayer praise be to god who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love for me this is the position and the condition of those who will come to God in prayer and repentance, seeking forgiveness of sin and living wholly for him. Isaiah said in chapter 59, verse 1, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God, for your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So the question is, are we in a close relationship walking after the Lord? Or are we those that Solomon could see in the distance who would sin and need to come for revival and for repentance and come back to Him? Did the Word of God see down through the ages to our very day the same condition for the church if my people, who are called by my name, if they will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, then I'll hear from heaven. I'll heal their land. Even the virus, even the unemployment, even the brokenness of our culture, he will restore, he will heal. One of my favorite verses of scripture dealing with the prayer of repentance and renewal is that of King David when he realized that he had sinned secretly, he thought, his adultery, the murder of Uriah. He thought that he had escaped it, but he was confronted by Nathan, a wise counselor. And we have recorded in Psalm 51, a broken heart, of David have mercy on me O God according to your unfailing love according to your great compassion blot out my transgressions wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin for I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me against you You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Down into verse 8, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the, the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. After all of this repentance, and now, after all of this renewal, David was able to conclude, then in verse thirteen, then I will be able to teach transgressors your way, so that sinners will re- will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. Open my verse fifteen, open my lips, Lord. And my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would blame. it. You do, you do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifices, O oh God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, O oh God, will not despise. So. We are being called today, I believe, by many in our land, by one of my favorite authors of today, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. He is calling for a day of prayer and repentance. In September, he's calling for a mass rally on the Washington Mall calling it the return the scripture says that um, now that Jesus has come to be our sacrifice to pay for our sins so that we can have a relationship with God he desires to walk with us he desires for us to learn to live like Him. He desires for us to, according to Paul in Romans 12, 1 and 2, to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, blameless. This is the reasonable way of living. I would pray that today where you are individually and collectively as a church, that we would all recognize what time it is. It's time for us to repent. It's time for us to return to the Lord. It's time for us to individually ask God to forgive us of our personal sin. It's time for us to be filled with his Spirit of love and forgiveness. It's time for us to be filled with his Spirit to be salt and light in a dark and decaying world. It's time for us, his church, to return to him to experience revival. I believe that it's time for us over the next three months to pray like we've never prayed before. I think the next three months not only holds the destiny of our own personal integrity before God, but our nation our future hangs in the balance and I pray that today that you will come to a point of repentance and renewal that we will uh, keep this desire to to be clean before him every day of our life that we will always keep a short list of of sins to talk to him about, of walking more in the Spirit of Christ. Father, this morning, we thank you for the life of Solomon, for the, the, the wisdom that you gave him in the dedication of your place of worship. We, we thank you that he saw the need to return to you confessing sin. And now through the, the scripture we have come to believe that you, Father, your son Jesus, was that sacrifice for sin. And we commit ourselves again today to prayer and repentance confessing so that the world will see Jesus in us in his name we pray Amen God bless talk to you another time